Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. How are you today? Welcome back to ES First. Well, we are getting ready to ascend on the first of our year, our 21-day fast. It's time where we set aside the first of our year to focus on God. Anybody here ever done a 21-day fast with us? I think most people in the room are familiar with this. The other people who are still at home um, may, may not know what's up. So a lot of times they say, we're going to have a 21-day fast. And one guy looks at me and goes, a what? Like, how do you do that? And that's probably what most of us, when the first time we did it, was like, what is a 21-day fast? And we're thinking fasting means no food, no nothing. And you're thinking, for 21 days, count me out. But I want to give you the biblical principle for the 21-day fast. It comes from the book of Daniel. And I'll talk to you a little bit today about fasting and what we have going on. So, turn your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter 10. And we'll get there in just a moment. So fasting in the Bible is, is a traditional thing that happened uh, throughout the year. God, he directed or instructed the children of Israel to have a time of fasting. And uh, he talks about fasting a lot. Fasting is, is tied with prayer. It's not just something we do for health reasons, although you will probably lose weight. It's not something we just do just to lose weight and to go on a diet and to have a reset and all that kind of stuff, even though you might choose some of these habits for part of your life. I, however, think it's more spiritual to eat really healthy for 21 days and then just go completely on the other end of the spectrum. And that way God really knows you're serious, you know what I mean? Because if you just uh, stick with it the rest of the year, then God's like, what was the first 21 days for, for me or for you? Just kidding, but that's the way I feel sometimes. So the Daniel fast, we're going to find out, is that Daniel set aside choice foods. And so the Daniel fast consists of no meat, no sweets, no bread, and no dairy. That's the Daniel fast. And we're going to talk about the principles of it in just a few minutes. The second thing you can fast, you can do a liquid fast. So that includes juices. For me, when I do uh, liquid, it includes broths, so I get like... Packets of sodium, basically, right? And drink uh, broth, and that's a good way to get some nutrients and to feel like you have something in your body to operate. Water, juice, smoothies, shakes, protein shakes, that's fine too. It's, it's really kind of up to you. So that's the, the liquid fast. There is the water fast. Now, I usually take the first three days of the fast, as many as up to seven days of the fast, and I do only water, all water for three to seven days, and then I go into the Daniel fast. If you start off with three days of water, and then you have food, you're going to feel like the biggest sinner in the world, okay? And so that's, that's why it ends up going seven days for me until I just make myself go, okay, you need to eat something. So water, I know people that do that for the full 21 days, um, so there's just the water fast. And then there is kind of the traditional fast is sun up to sundown. Okay, so all daylight hours, you're not eating anything, so you come home and you eat just whatever. And in the morning, you get up and, you know, you get up before the sun rises and eat. <laughs> and then skip lunch and skip your snacks and just stay hydrated with water. And then in the evening time, you eat. So the thing about this style of fasting is eating creates a lot more hunger. You know, so you really feel hungry 
throughout the day. Not that it's impossible. I, I encourage you to try that. So that's one way you can just skip a meal. For the really spiritual ones, skip breakfast and then just leave the rest of the day just fine and you're good to go. <laughs> but that's a way you can fast as well. Some people don't skip snacks and everything else. They just skip lunch. Does that make sense? Or you just skip the evening meal or whatever that is. So that's a way that you can fast. So that is setting aside food for a spiritual purpose. I would argue that fasting is constant prayer before God. It's setting aside of the flesh in order that you can grow spiritually. Prayer is kind of the the emphasis of fasting. It's not just so you can prove to God how spiritual you are. It's not so you can just go like, well, I sacrificed for you, God. Now you sacrificed for me. It's actually setting aside of your flesh so that you can grow spiritually, so that you can focus on God in a new way. So sometimes when your tummy is grumbling, you remember all throughout the day, I am turning my life towards God. I'm turning my heart towards God. I'm turning my mind towards God. And so that's what fasting is. And the uh, the Bible says that when you fast, don't be like walking around like, I'm fasting. And it's, oh, this is so terrible. It says you should fast and then you should wash your face, you know, and put a little bit of makeup on so nobody knows you're grumbling and complaining, right? So in the olden days, in the Bible days, they would have a fast and they would look like they were miserable. They would put ashes on their body and they would tear their clothes and I'm fasting for something important. And the Bible says, don't do it that way. It says, do it in such a way that it's just you and God. So we're doing this together. And it's okay to mention that you're fasting. I know some people get in the habit of going, well, I didn't want to say I was fasting. I didn't want to say, you know, whatever. They make a big deal about it. And that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about that. You know, people who are extra dramatic. The purpose is between you and God. And the focus is prayer and connection with God's presence. Has anybody known this before and felt God in a more intimate and real way because you were fasting? You can't explain that to people until you just try it. Okay, So we're going to talk a little bit about the spiritual breakthrough that happens in Daniel's life and where this comes from. So turn in Daniel 10, and we'll start with verse 2. At that time, Daniel mourned for three weeks. He ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions. Now, I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So, and Daniel here is mourning. He's in a time of exile. He's imprisoned by a whole other country. His nation is under siege. They're in exile in Babylon. And then he hears bad news about his nation and what's happening. And he sets his mind to pray and doesn't say, I'm just going to pray about that. He sets himself to a fast. And through the fast, he prays. Does this make sense? So down at the bottom, what happens in verse 10? A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you. And stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God. How did he humble himself before his God? He fasted. How did he set his mind to get understanding? He fasted. Your words were heard and I have come in response to them. Daniel's out praying. He's very serious. He's in anguish. 
Bible says he's on his face and an angel comes. Taps him on the shoulder. Hey, get up. Daniel freaks out, stands up. We're talking about an angel visitation. What created this angel visitation? Fast. Turning himself towards God. Are you desperate and hungry for God's presence to be in your life? I believe the angels can show up in your life. No, I'm talking about like pee in your pants kind of angels. I mean like holy angel. (laughs) I believe that can happen in your life. I believe the presence of God can be so real in your life that it can transform your 2022. And so this is what happens to Daniel. He says, your words were heard and I have come in response to your words. The prayer and the fasting. Verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. What this means. An angel sitting around in heaven. Maybe he's like this holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Just chilling. Playing on his harp, right? Doing the angel things. Daniel sets himself to pray with a fast. And God's like, Daniel's praying. Go now. So the angel takes off and he is sent to Daniel. But there's things that happen spiritually that we do not see. Most people are not committed to the spiritual. They're only committed to the natural. This is why we pray one sentence prayers and go, God didn't want that to happen. And we just go on with our life, mad at God, upset at God, upset at the church among a host of other things that we're all disgruntled about, because we're not serious about spiritual things. We're just want and greedy and selfish about earthly things. That's a whole sermon in itself. I won't get into that, but we haven't started fasting yet. But the first day, Daniel set himself to fast and pray and made a request. An angel was sent in response. Is God a good responder? Is he good at taking care of you? Does he know what you need? Is he looking after you? Yes. He sends an angel. And in the spiritual realms, the Persia was a very evil place. And there's actually, Paul talks about this, principalities and powers. We're not talking about the governor of Iran or the governor of Persia. The president. We're not talking about a human figure. We're talking about principalities and powers that rule over certain areas. Has anybody ever been to Las Vegas? The first time, I'm not saying Las Vegas is a terrible place. I have friends that have churches there. I went there. I had the crab legs. I mean, you know what I mean? Saw the show, looked at the lions. But I went there and I was like, this place is heavy. This place is like, it's like a principality rules over this place. And the more you learn about what goes on in Vegas, you're like, wow, this place is really evil. It's got some evil ruling over it. Thank God for churches and Christians that are there existing and, and bringing light to the darkness. But that's the kind of heaviness we're talking about. Persia was an evil place. And the Bible says that there was a power or a principality that ruled over Persia. And this angel got hung up by the evil darkness The armies and principalities that ruled over Persia. Now think about that. And the Bible says, here's what it says next. But then, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. So they're they're duking it out in the spirit 
spiritual battle is happening. Because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So, there are three angels that are like God's like high-end angels. You have Michael, he's the warrior angel. Gabriel, who is the messenger angel. And then there's a guy named Lucifer, who was pretty important. And then he got too big for his britches and was cast down from heaven like lightning. This is why Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Three people, very big deal. Satan, Lucifer, was in charge of the worship of heaven. Right? You ever wonder why music is so evil? It's worse than TV. We can talk about the raunchiest things and put messages in our music. You ever wonder why music is so catchy? Then you listen to songs that you listen to like when you're 13, you're like, what kind of parents did I have? Right? You ever wonder why that's such a powerful tool for Satan's kingdom? Because Satan, he's a worship angel. He's used to music. He's used to the chords that come from heaven. Now he's using them in a dissonant way, in a way that comes to disturb your soul. Have you ever wondered why God responds so much to your worship? Could it be that the thing that he created Lucifer for is now your job? He desires, the Bible says, that he lives in the praises of his people. He dwells in them. Right? Lucifer's not there. I'm not, angels are still singing. Don't get me wrong. But could it be that Satan is so pissed off at you because God gave you his job? Jesus would say things like, if you don't cry out, the rocks will cry out. He desires praises from you. So three angels. Prince of Persia is over the prince of power of principalities. Of Persia is there, and he, he is fighting against this angel. So it takes one of the top three angels to come and free this angel from the principality of Persia. Right? And he finally gets to Daniel on the 21st day. The battle that's going on spiritually is heightened by Daniel's fast. How powerful is it for you to fast over the things that concern your life, your family's life, your church's life, your community's life, your country's life, your world's life? But yet, you know what we do? We sit around and complain about it. We pray, you know, really simple, stupid prayers and think, well, God probably won't do anything. I hope he comes back soon. But in case you didn't know, God hasn't come back yet. So what does that mean for you and I? That means we're still busy about his business. The Bible says that we should occupy until he comes. That is why we take time to honor him, to know him, to pray, to look to him for direction for our life because something has got to happen here every single day until he returns. Okay, so I'm glad you're here today because we are going to get serious about what God wants for your life. Don't you want to know what God wants for your life? So, fasting is a few different things. Fasting doesn't twist God's arm, right? It's not tricking God into working for you. 
Fasting is not payment for favors. But it does enter you into a certain level of his presence. It does do battle in the spiritual unseen realm. It does loose things that God has already sent to you but are hung up in spiritual realms that you've given up on because you couldn't see, but God desires to get them to you. So the reason why people go through the Bible and go, how could God mean that? I've never experienced that. Maybe God wasn't serious about that, right? And then we get into this idea, well, everything's for me, and if he wanted it, if he was really good, but there's also things that are happening that you cannot see. This is why we get serious with God and his presence, why we get serious with God in doing battle. I'm not talking about the devil's more powerful than God. But for some reason, God has issued to you power over this earth. And he expects you to be serious about it. So while everyone else is fighting, are you back in the tents crying about what didn't happen for you? Here we go. First things, you can write these down. Fasting doesn't change God, it changes you. Second thing, fasting moves the heart of God in a deeper way towards your situation. What happens with Daniel? Fasting increases our capacity. Science has shown that you only have so much emotional energy per day. Right? What do you give your emotional energy to? Most of our energy goes towards conflict. And if it is an outward conflict, it's inward conflict. Most of our energy goes towards something way out there, some desire, some dream, something that will never happen, so we go back to the grind. Most of our energy goes towards arguing and complaining. Most of our energy goes towards something other than the kingdom of God. But what fasting does is it it takes our capacity and increases it for spiritual things. Have you ever thought like, wouldn't it be cool if God trusted me to heal people? Who would I heal? Wouldn't it be cool if God trusted me to lead my family to the Lord? What could I do? Wouldn't it be cool if God trusted me to be a pastor, to be a missionary, to go into all the world? Wouldn't it be cool if God trusted me to do the things that he placed in my heart? Wouldn't it be cool? But the problem is, you don't have the capacity and you're burning your energy on the wrong things. So you've got to increase your capacity. Fasting does that. Fasting does that. Take a time out. Get off all the other things. This is why we fast from social media. We fast from, we put the TV away. We put kind of silly everyday things that aren't necessarily sin, but they're limiting our capacity. Fasting breaks habits and spiritual bondage. Isn't it about time you got serious about that? You know, like it's first of the year, everybody's got a habit, right? Breaks habits and spiritual bondage. For me, I used to be addicted to Coke, like the drink. I mean, I prayed, God, take this away from me. That day, I, I poured out my Coke, and and the next day, I was studying late. And my my dad and Johnny came in to me with a 44-ounce Coke, because, you know, I was studying in my office for college, 44-ounce Coke. And I was like, okay, let's just try this out. And I tried the Coke, and I lived on Coke, like four 44-ounce Cokes a day, pretty much. And... Uh, I tried it, and it tasted like absolute garbage. It might as well have been dog water. And I have not been able to drink one since. I drank one in Africa because I had 
I was allergic to elephants for a while. God delivered me from that. Amen. And then God good. I don't know how or why, but I was allergic to elephants. And uh, it's a whole different sermon too. Um, and I had a Coke in Africa because my face was, was so swollen up and it was the only thing I could drink to take these Benadryl pills. Um, but it still tasted like complete trash. Something that I loved. I drank it all the time. I mean, just and it seems so simple, but it's actually God breaking things in your life spiritually. Fasting quiets the heart. When you stop eating, you're going to realize that you spend a lot of time concerned about food. Those of you who are married, you realize it takes about two hours to figure out what you're going to eat every single night. Three hours, Travis got three hours, right? If you just put it aside, you'll have much more time to seek God. It turns down the turmoil in your heart. Fasting makes intimacy with God a priority. Makes intimacy with God a priority. How many people have thought or asked or prayed this? God, I want to know you more. I'm just so busy. I would go to Wednesday night, but I'm just so busy. Put it on the calendar. I would read my Bible, but I'm just so busy. Why? It takes your time and prioritizes it towards God, so it makes God a priority. Here's one of my my favorite things. We just got through Grinch season. And what do you have? Small heart. Hardened heart. Something that was opposed to something. And fasting softens your heart towards God. Think about that. Fasting softens your heart towards God. Anybody ever think like this? I wish I wasn't this way. Fasting softens your heart. I want you to just say that out loud. Fasting softens your heart towards God. The world is hardening their heart. Dare I say this? The church is hardening its heart. Right? The people around you are hardening their heart. Constantly. And fasting softens your heart towards God. It brings in the heart of God into your life for your moment, for your season, for your life. Wouldn't it be great if 2022, the world just fasted for 21 days? Not to twist God's heart, but to soften their heart towards God. Our world would be a different place. When it comes to fasting, most people don't know how to fast. Okay? So they won't. Right? When I started, I was like, I had fasted when I was younger. And it was like 2012, and everywhere I went, like fasting came up like in my face. Like before Instagram got my algorithm, you know what I mean? And like, you know, when you could just think of something and the internet didn't try to sell it to you. Uh, And fasting was coming up all over the place. And I was like, you know, maybe we're supposed to do a fast this year. Now, I like to eat. I'm not like a let's fast kind of person. I don't want to do that. 21 days of fasting sounds ridiculous. But something in my gut was like the Holy Ghost drawing me to himself. Like, come away, Brandon. Let's get serious. Let's do this. Let's let's go to another place. And it took me a while to learn how to do it. Right? It's going to take you a while to learn how to do it. 
it's going to take you a while to learn how to pray. And anybody sit down the first time they prayed, maybe you still pray like this, and you're just like, you know, thank you, Lord, for my bike, and thank you, Lord, for my house, and thank you, Lord, for my wife, and thank you, Lord, for, well, I can't pray any longer. Right? And you learn what prayer is. It's not, it's not requesting. It's not just giving thanks, even though those are part of thing of prayer. Prayer is actually being in the presence of the one who has the power to change everything. And you don't care about everything. You just care about him. That's what prayer is. And so when we're fasting, what's happening is you're living in constant prayer before God, whether you're speaking words or not. And so for you, you may not understand prayer. You may still be like in request and, and thank you and, and that's it. I got to be talking all the time instead of moving into a place of his presence. So now we're to my sermon, <laughs> which is God is calling us to a place of prayer. And just like 21 days of fasting and eating vegetables, Sounded really stupid when we first started. It makes more sense as we practice it. And being a house of prayer seems like, you mean like come in and pray for 15 minutes and then Nancy Joe's going to get up halfway through the songs? Yeah, we pray. Or is it going to be us moving into a place of interacting with God in his presence instead of just talking all the time and sending something up and requesting and thank you, even though that's a part of prayer? But being people who dwell in his presence, who live in his presence. And so for this 21 days, we're moving into a place of prayer. So we have our last one week of revival, which is amazing. And people will preach to us and we'll have great musicians and, and worship will be awesome. And God's going to show up and do incredible things. And just before that starts, we're going to do 36 hours of prayer, which means this building is going to be open for 36 hours straight, 6 a.m., to 6 p.m. starting on Friday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday. And you can sign up for hours to come so that way we know who's here. And it'll be open to come during the daytime for sure, but in the evening. Um, but we'll have people responsible here that will be in those hours and worship will be happening. And we're going to create space for you to live in his presence that begins on next Sunday at sundown where you're living in that place of prayer and your desire will be to pray in a greater way. And so turn to the book of Revelation really quick. Revelation chapter 5. This is what John, the person who wrote the book of John, is seeing in a vision in heaven. He says, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense. Now, if you know about the Old Testament, the Old Testament in the tabernacle, they would mix up four different oils of incense and they would burn this incense. There was no worship without these oils of incense. Okay? And they would burn them and it would create a fragrance and that fragrance would rise up to the throne room of God and God says that, he says that your worship is a sweet-smelling incense to me. It's the same idea, that worship. So here are the elders. Each one has a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense. And what is the golden bowls full of incense? The prayers of God's people. This is happening in heaven right now. Right now, as we're just hanging out, angels, elders, are bringing 
the bowls of what? The prayers of God's people from here on earth. Is prayer important? Is it do something that we can't see? Yes. It transforms the predicament. It transforms the circumstances. It transforms where you are right now thinking about next year, thinking about last year, thinking about what you're going to do, where you're going to go. And you're concerned about little one prayers. And God is concerned about his presence being in you, through you, and having this kind of relationship. Wouldn't it be great to know that as you pray, and as you sing, and as you worship, and as you pour out your heart to God, that this is happening over your situation. This is what fasting does. So each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people, and they sang a new song. So they're bringing the prayers before God, and they're worshiping. And this is what they sang. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. In other words, God has made you a priest to serve God. You know what this means? The priests used to mix up oil, incense, and burn it and create the fragrance. Now you're the priest who creates the fragrance before the throne room of God. You are. The question is, if heaven's throne only consisted of your incense, would it be filled? This is what we're doing when we fast. We're taking our heart and our life and steering it in a way that says, God, you're worthy. You purchased us. And we are the priests bringing before you the incense of worship and the prayers of the saints. And they will reign on earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands. And 10,000 times 10,000. That's a lot. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice there saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven on earth and under the earth and on sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise, glory and honor and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the angels fell down and worshipped. So you may not see the angels in Persia. You may not see the darkness over Las Vegas. You may not see the darkness over the world. You might see the spiritual battle. But I guarantee you this. God is receiving your praise and your prayers through fasting and prayer in such a way that his presence responds And the Bible says that the glory of the Lord fills his temple. And the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth. The question is, does he fill your temple? Because know you not that you are a temple of the Holy Ghost? What is your response to God? What is your response to the status of the world? 
What is your response to things that everybody has a solution for or not a solution for or an opinion about or a, a recommendation or a piece of advice? What is your response to all of those things? Well, probably it gets your attention every part of the day. But does God get your attention? And could we be people? Like the elders playing their harps and bringing the prayers of the saints before the Lord and letting it rise up like incense day and night. Worthy is the lamb. Holy is he to receive glory and honor and praises. Or does he just get the leftovers? And God, could you just stop by and do this, please? Could you just fix this, please? Could you just do something here? Or are we living a life of prayer and presence? That's what we're learning in these next 21 days. When I was 16 years old, I'm trying not to cry. When I was 16 years old, I uh, was at a, a youth service, and the guy asked me, he said, you know, like asked all of us, he said, what would you give up for revival? What would you give up for revival? And I came home and I was like, Dad, the guy said, what are you going to give up for revival? I want to quit basketball. And we just moved from Jefferson to here, but we're going back and forth. It's like, I'm going to quit basketball. And I was 16 years old and basketball is everything to me. And uh, my dad said, no, you can't give up basketball, son. <laughs> I realized the sermon was really cool and it was special and he responded to God, but you can't do that. I said, okay, I won't do that. Every day from that day on, I fasted my lunch at school every single day. It's like, I got to give something. I got to, I'm hungry for God's presence. And we moved down here and we started church and that balcony didn't exist. Hey, that was the, it was a room. And I used to walk across there every night before Sunday night church for an hour. He said, whoever wants to join me in prayer, I'm going to be up here for an hour. I just prayed, God, what's your will? What do you want from my life? Can we have revival here? Can we have revival here? Can we have revival here? I remember, like, when, when you start fasting, people offer you food from the north, south, east, and the west. People will bake you cakes. People will give you free meals at restaurants. You'll walk into work on Tuesday, and they'll be like, donuts for everyone. We're buying steak and lobster for everyone right here for lunch. It's crazy. I'll go to school and, and uh, after a while, people start noticing you don't eat lunch. And they're like, hey, do you need some money? Are you out of, are you out of, do you need a punch on your punch card? You know, some of y'all don't know about that. Like, no, I'm good. But I can just imagine incense going before the Lord that the principalities and powers that cover Excelsior Springs the people who want to fight against what God is doing not people, the angels the forces of darkness that want to go against what God desires for this city, this region this greater Kansas City area imagine that God started sending angels 
a situation. And that here we are 25 years later and God is sending revival. God is sending his spirit and he's sending his presence based on stupid little stuff. Like a 16-year-old kid going, I would give up anything for revival. And I'm not talking about one week of services. I'm talking about a place where God's spirit is poured out. And I believe that God is leading this church to be a place of prayer. This place will be a place of prayer. And you, you, you can't even understand that quite yet. Because I can't understand it. And this place would be a place of healing. And I can't understand that yet. And I'm not just talking about like, well, I feel better in my soul. I can go back home and not feel guilty. I'm talking about like supernatural healing. Of all areas of life. And I don't know how that happens. I don't know what that means. Does it mean we just like raise our hand and somebody gets healed in the service at the front once a week? Or does that mean people come from all over the globe to come here to experience God's presence? The third thing God said is, I, I want this church to be a house of my glory. And I said, I don't, I don't know what that looks like, man. That seems really crazy to me. And you know what? I can pastor a church. I know how to do that. What I don't know how to do is have a church that lives in his presence. And the question is, what are we willing to pay to be that kind of church? Could you imagine a church where your loved ones come in experienced the glory of God so sweetly and they didn't have to have like nine years of Bible study, they just walk in and the power of God hits them the bodies are raised from the dead and they get out of wheelchairs and diseases and things that flow through their bloodstream are cleared up and and doctors go, I don't understand it trust me, I've seen lots of crazy things But I feel like God's saying, no, there's there's more than that right now. That's just like, it's like a commercial. So as we look into fasting for 21, 22, we can fast for 21. something crazy in this place with you and with me and your neighbor and your friend and your family would you join with me in believing God for revival that started 25 years ago things like I could just tell you prophecies after prophecies after prophecies but I don't want to cry anymore about what God wants to do in this place. And it's not just come to church and sit in the pew and sing a song with Allie, even though that's really nice. And not just listen to a sermon and have a few notes from Brandon, even though that's even better than Allie's song. 
is not that. It's literally going to change the world. And I, you know what? That scares the crap out of me. Because what's it cost? What's it going to cost you? What does it mean for our city and our region and our state and our nation if we were serious with God the way that Daniel was serious about his nation? And trust me, Daniel was in the most evil country, region of the world. Persia was demonic. He didn't go, you know what we need to do? We need to vote a new president and he just worshiped God and believed that something supernatural can happen if he got serious with God. And I believe that something supernatural can happen if we get serious with God. So I'm looking forward to what's going to happen. Will you stand to your feet? Not because I want you to go, just because we're just getting started. Trust me, it's cold out there. You really can't go or something. Maybe it's cold outside. So just close your eyes for a minute. And let's just do this. First thing is we want, yes, first this church to be a house of prayer. So would you just begin to pray in whatever way feels like prayer to you? For me, it usually starts off like this. Hey, God. Thank you for what you've done for me. Good place. It starts with Thanksgiving. You just thank you, Lord. Official, just I'm, I'm really appreciative for this Christmas. It was special for me. Hey, God, I just I love you. And then, right now, somebody is coming to your mind. Just begin to pray for that person and just come to your mind. Just a flash of thought that you responding to God's leading. Blessing on him and just pour your spirit on him where he is right now. And then go on to the next person. Just pray for them. Want to pray for them that your blessing would be on them. It's going to be a chain reaction to something. The next thing, don't waste too much time. Just go to the next thing. Just go to the next thing. Father, we honor you. Just think about those angels just walking before your throne. Talk about holy, holy, holy. Worthy to receive glory and honor, praise, wealth, power. Honor is yours, God. Jesus, Jesus, Holy. Please lift your hands and worship in whatever way. Just, just say this. Just say, Holy God, worthy to receive glory and honor, praise. You're worthy. Receive glory and honor, praises. You're worthy, God. Just that. 
believe that healing isn't utilitarian. Healing is a reflection of his presence. So next time we're going to pray for healing. If you're in here and you need healing in your body, just look at me, wave at me, something. Right there, I got one back here, just both of you guys. Uh, Dustin and Sarah, I'll just call them out. Somebody go back and see Dustin and Sarah. Put your hands on them. Somebody else back here. Is that Amanda? Are you waving at me? Turn around. We got Amanda. Just put your hands on her. Caleb. Turn around. Johnny, pray for those people, man. Put some Larry Block anointing up there and those flowing through your DNA. Anybody else that I haven't gotten yet? Did somebody else wave their hand at me and I didn't see them? healing in their body. Okay, right here. Kelly, can you come over here and pray for Ashley? Anybody else? Healing in their body. Healing in their body. Because pray, pray right now. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your healing power. Alive in your people. We know that in your presence is where healing happens. I pray right now for healing power. Healing power. Pray that the body be healed and transformed right now. We prayed for a lot of these things before. And we're just believing that it's just like the angel fighting through, bringing healing. We're not giving up. We're going to contend. We're going to fight the presence of God. The healing power of God is alive and well in this place, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. pray for the brokenhearted. So, anyone here suffering from a broken heart, need healing in their heart, raise your hand. Go ahead. Broken heart. Okay. We got one right here, one right here. Gayla right next to you. Uh, anybody else? Broken heart. You can't explain it. It doesn't it may not sound like Valentine's Day broken heart. It's just your despair in your soul. Father, we pray for healing. We know that you came to bind up the brokenhearted and to heal their wounds. That's something we can't quite explain, but we can experience its effects. Lord, I just pray right now for your healing power. Healing power, God. We're just being obedient to what you are calling us to, Lord God. The grief would be gone. The anointing salve of the Holy Ghost would just pour over our hearts and lives, God. Melanie. Melanie. Pray for her. Father, we thank you for your healing power. God, we thank you for your healing power. Jesus, Jesus.
this is what happens in everything in life. You start off and then you hit like a, a wall, okay? <laughs> sometimes it's a long time, sometimes it's cool. You go to the gym and you start off and you're like really on fire and then you're like, oh, that's good for today. And you go into prayer meeting, oh, that's good for today. You go to worship, you're like, that's good. What, that three songs? That's probably good. We're doing prayers. We're going to go to the next step. Now, most of us don't know how to do that, right? Because all we know is what we know. We're asking God to teach us and how to be people of His presence. So, just again, we're just going to turn our hearts towards God again. Right, we got a Chiefs game, and God knows that, so we can't go too long. Let's just turn our hearts towards God. Just open up to Him again. Holy God. Thank you, Lord. Holy, you're holy, God. Just turn your Holy God. Holy. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Holy. Worthy of glory and honor and praise. Worthy of glory and honor and praise. Just say it out of your mouth. Holy. All you need is that one word. Holy, holy, holy. church is going to be a place of his glory so we're going to ask God to send his glory and we're just going to experience it okay in whatever way that he desires to send his glory to your situation father we thank you for who you are we're asking right now for you to send your glory the whole earth is filled with your glory let us become aware of it right now your holy spirit experience the presence of God. Get alone. Close your eyes. Open your hands. Come on. Holy, holy,
bless you as you go. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment here. You're welcome to stay if you'd like. Thank you for being a part of ES First. All that's going on moving forward, 22. Everything coming up, I believe, as we get ready to fast this next Sunday at 6 p.m. or 5 p.m., whatever it is. We're going to fast next week. God's going to do great things in your life. This is only the beginning. Only the beginning. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence and power in this room. We thank you the desire us. Lord, I pray right now as we go from this place that we be aware of your presence, aware of your love, that this isn't the ending of a moment. This is the beginning of a moment. The incense is arising from our heart right now from this place. In Jesus' name. Amen.